Put my mic on. <laughs> Hi, welcome to season twenty-two, episode fifteen of the Happy Jack Service Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. This is Tappy. This is Gina. And we did. We had a convention. We did, and it was fun. Yeah, it was lots of fun. It was a very good convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this episode of Happy Chicks Orgy Podcast, oh, let me just say thank you to the people at Strategic Con for being such wonderful hosts and yes. and running such a wonderful con. We appreciate them more than they appreciate us. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean that. I think that's appropriate. <laughs> in this episode, Stephen writes in uh, uh, to question Rule Zero, at least one definition of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Sam from Lakewood says, "Space combat isn't boring." And Isaac from Texas sends us a success story. But first, if you would like to email us, you can do so by opening up your email program. And in the to field, type in happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We're also on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Google. Go- no, Gucci Plus? Mm-hmm. Maybe? No. We, we exist on the Google program. We do. We exist yeah. on the Google program. Um, don't know if you should be quite that proud about that. That's not that big of <laughs> And that's Happy Jacks RPG, all in word, in most of those places. Although I don't know if it is on the Google program. I don't, know the Google program. I don't remember. I know there is. A, it's probably filled with spam now. Because yeah. I haven't been on G Plus in. <laughs> Years? Did, did I tell you that somebody actually asked me if the epoxy boggards were on the Google program once? Really? And it was one of my clients when I was teaching Pilates. Oh, on the Google oh, program? Yeah. Is your, is your band on the Google program? And I said, yes. Yes, it is. Said, oh, good. <laughs> is it a diet? <laughs> like like Grand Old Opera well, or something? <laughs> as it was the yellow pages, right? That you have to put in your thing. You assume right. that Google was just this computer yellow pages. And if you decide to put your ad in it, then it was searchable. Right. Well, you know. <laughs> there hasn't been a search engine like that for a very You're long time. <clears throat> uh, yeah. I'm going to go on to the first email. <laughs> cool beans. <laughs> We've already gone off the rails. Questioning Rule Zero from Steven. Greetings, happiest of jacks. It is I, Steve, an actual pseudonym for the Malkavian Madness Network. No, really. Go look it up. <laughs> Today, I'm here to rant about Rule Zero and how it it is worth just about zero. Wrath and Glory has this to say about Rule Zero. One of the most important rules of Wrath and Glory is that the rules aren't as important as the fun of the game. It seems okay at first blush, but let's dig deeper into the text. While it is always good to help... This is a quote from from the book. Uh, While it is always good to help the Game Master with rules clarification and game knowledge, this is, after all, a rather weighty tome, no one wants to halt the natural flow of the game with lengthy and often boring rules discussion. That is what I take umbrage with. You ended your, ended your sentence with a preposition, sir. Um, <laughs> that is 
What with which I take umbrage. <laughs> there. No, That's you don't much do better. That. Or fuck that. <laughs> there are lots of things in life I don't want to do, but I have to do anyway. You think I like cutting grass? I don't. You know. don't? No. What kind? Oh, of I pay some grass. grass. <laughs> what kind oh. of grass? Yeah, no, you don't I want mean, to cut your grass. Yeah, no. Does it? I mean, why? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I mean you if, you, tobacco. if you don't want to, there's this great uh, thing we have t- uh, of exchanging a form of currency for goods and services. Yes. <laughs> you think my idea of a stellar time is stop stopping a game to have a rules discussion? No. I don't want to do it either. But occasionally, <clears throat> you have to do these sorts of things. Rule zero enshrines this idea that it's always better to make a ruling and move on than to deliberate. Instead of asking asking you to trust me, I'll just quote from the relevant text. Excuse me. I had soup. It was so good. Dur- <laughs> during the game... Let Try, the g- trying it a second time. And it's good, too. <laughs> During I don't believe you. <laughs> oh well, next time I burp, I'll, I'll Baby share. Bird. Uh, during the game, let the get let the game master. This is a quote again. During the game, let the game master run things how they see fit, and trust that they will know what they're doing. It's always better to come up with a way to resolve an issue and move on than it is to slow down the game to check the rules. Even if the decision doesn't follow the mm-hmm. precise wording in this book, <clears throat> here's the thing: protecting temporary or passing fun at the cost of enduring good times is a bad strategy. This is why we have a session has session zero discussions because it's better to waste a complete game session on ironing out expectations and issues than having misunderstandings later. You can't anticipate everything though, and rule zero essentially espouses that you steamroll right the fuck over that shit lest you solve anything before it, it does long-term damage. We all know this. That's why most of us are willing to take longer in our deliberations if we know something important is on the line, such as PC death contingent on, on the rules call. See, no one loves procedural issues. Even contrarians don't want everything to turn into an argument constantly. No, I disagree. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> um, believe me, I've been on the internet. Uh, believe me, it gets old really quick. That's true. Uh, but even I acknowledge that sometimes having that conversation or argument now is important. Sure, don't sweat the small stuff, but be wise enough to know when things are important and, and throw on the brakes. The real rule zero should be to use your brain and stop taking advice just because it sounds snappy or it's written in a game book. Wait, if you don't take advice that's written in a game book, then the rules are out the window. And if you don't take advice just because it's snappy, nobody's going to listen to us. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. All snap and no information. Yeah. That's his email. And I, I don't have his signature, but that's... Uh, uh, Steve. Steven. Steven. Malkavian Madness Network. Where's Steven? Does he see where he's from? No, anyway, I agree with some of it. I don't agree with all of it. I th- when it comes to death, like if, if you're going to kill a character, I say stop the game, look the rule up, and make sure you're you're being fair. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing is you want to make sure. When, you're, when something major is going to happen in the game, you want it to be fair yeah. mm-hmm. to me. I think that you you always want things to be fair. Yes. Mm-hmm. And fairness also in the scope of like how the rules actually work. And I feel that's kind of what he's taking umbrage right here with here, is he doesn't agree with the ruling of being how the rules generally work. 
Right. Yeah. Because yeah, that's interesting. Uh, <coughs> rules are the, the meta rule of the rules. Right. Right. Because yeah. how how rules work determines how a game plays. Right. Yes. Right. Like a game that works really well with pulp doesn't necessarily work well for investigation. Mm-hmm. Right. right. How and you want systems that support how the game is played. I mean, I talk way too much about that kind of shit. Um, and um, so I, I've recently been on, been on this kick of like, what are rules and why do we have them? And the, the what I have right now for that is because they are a fair adjudication of what's happening. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. when more than one person wants something to happen, including like just a person by acting by themselves and the GM wanting to work with them, you have to go, I want this to happen. Well, I would like this to happen. Okay, well, how can we determine which thing happens? Mm-hmm. And so, if a GM comes up with a way for something to work that doesn't feel fair, that impacts your fun and can impact your fun for a very long time. Yeah. And since we always say that if you're having fun, you're doing it right, then not fudging the rules in a way that feels fair isn't doing it right. Um, I don't think anybody thinks you always have to go exactly by the exact letter of the law because it says this and this and this, and you can say, ah, fuck it, if it still feels fair to everybody. And if that one guy it doesn't feel fair to, he's going to have a bad time. Yeah, Absolutely, yeah. That's what I was going to say. I think it, it kind of depends on your table. 100%. But that... I think, and I think you're saying the same thing here, that what Stephen is saying that irritates him is that that uh, this particular game, uh, Wrath and Glory, is from the outset saying, pay no attention to our silly little rules if it stands in the way of you having fun. Mm-hmm. And he's saying that seems ill-advised. Well, that's the thing I hate most about the Palladium system. I mean, in the... I think it was the... Um, the, su- the supplemental book I forget what it's called for Rifts there mm-hmm. was like some people wrote into him with some things that would happen like uh, somebody threw a grenade at the party and so somebody jumped on it and it blew up and went ah it's fine it's only 46 damage <laughs> and, uh, who yeah. cares it's just a fucking grenade right. like what's the problem <clears throat> and so and his answer was well if it doesn't make sense throw the rules out so it's like, okay, well, you just told me that your rules suck and I shouldn't pay attention to them. Right, because I think... I think <laughs> well, th- thanks for letting me know. Right. Most people play games not only for, like you said, the primary, you know, uh, maybe guideline is that there is a fair adjudication of what's happening in the narrative. You mm-hmm. and I maybe disagree about what the outcome is. And Let's so roll we, some dice. Yeah. In addition to that, though, there are systems that have mechanical... I mean, Monster Hearts is one of them. Lots of systems that have other mechanical components that help you tell the kind of story that you want to tell. So it's not necessarily adjudication, well, but it's... But no, those those mechanical things are moving you towards a certain type of story. That That is yeah, a yeah. mechanical adjudication of what it is, because they're supporting moving towards a oh, specific see, I, thing. I don't call that uh, adjudication. I would call that more uh, supporting the type of narrative you want to tell, whatever, the, but that's the what, trope or the tone or the... That is yeah. what rules do. Yeah. In addition to adjudicating. Well, no, because how they adjudicate... Uh, what you are doing, doing lead you to down a path of how to do it. So tomato, tomato, you're both yeah, saying the same exactly. thing. Yeah, exactly. High five, totally words. agree. It, yeah, it, it, yeah no, I ahead. had to smile. Uh, but, but what you're saying, I totally agree with. And I think if you were at a table with a bunch of people who don't really at all care about the rules, then yeah, maybe you maybe you do play with that, their rule zero, which is don't let the rules stand in the way of you having fun. 
But I, I think the vast majority of people want that type of, uh, some sort of rule set. And you may encounter a game that you don't enjoy that particular rule set and you veer towards other games, but I mean, you want some sort of. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you don't want rules, you don't right. play. You, <coughs> right. Yeah, you, you play improv. Exactly. Yeah, you play improv games. Exactly. I, dis- I disagree. Yeah. I disagree. There, there, there are plenty of games out there where that people ignore some rules. I know a lot of people who will never use encumbrance rules. Mm-hmm. Right. They are throwing out part of the rules right. because it's interfering with their fun. Yes. However, it's also there's nobody is disagreeing with each other there. Absolutely, right. it has right. to be. Yes, it has. Everybody to be, has to be on board. It has to be agreed. It. In fact, yeah. I would say that your your sort of like definition of what game mechanics do, instead of being a fair adjudication, mm-hmm. I would almost say it needs to be an agreed upon. Oh yes, yeah. or or uh, collective even, but right. agreed upon. I think agreed upon is is a better it, way of describing it. Because if you're all on the same page, like mm-hmm. I mean, you might, uh, you know, I in in the middle of combat, unless it involves a death. I don't really like looking up rules. Now, right. I've got stuff set up now. Mm-hmm. Like when we have an Iojitsu duel, I have in my in my uh, OneNote the Iojitsu rules yeah. cut and pasted from the book. They're mm-hmm. right there. So right. I can yeah. I, I don't have to flip through anything. I two clicks, I'm at them and we can just go through. Yes. And I can I'll never remember them. Mm-hmm. I am always but that's always that's a high stakes thing in Iojitsu right. duel. Uh-huh. Well, and it doesn't take anything you're not like stopping and looking at it, it doesn't take any time because it's right there and prepared. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So and I think that's a big difference. And it's, it it, it mm-hmm. is a mechanic that's so central to L5R. Yeah. Yes. That to not use that that resolution mechanic is kind of a disservice. Yes, yes. absolutely. Because it, it, they're done very well, and they build tension as it as the game goes on. There's a series of roles, and you get advantages or disadvantages from those roles as, you, as it goes on. And everyone at the table, even if they're not playing, they're like, because because you know it's going to yeah. end in someone dying yeah. sometimes. Well, and you know the player characters have made choices with how they spent their points. Yeah. Yes. So that is like that's a huge deal. That for gets me. that gets right back to the agreed upon part. Exactly. Yeah. And absolutely. And it's. Uh, one thing that we had to do in Monster Hearts is we there's a kind of an agreed upon thing is your characters can do the things that that monster can do. So like uh, Adam's character is like a Frankenstein's monster, so you can like mm-hmm. super strong and jump over like high fences and shit like that. Whereas in the actual game, in the rules, that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And so as long as they're agreed upon, absolutely. Yeah. And and when they're agreed upon, they also feel fair. Absolutely, and, and I, I feel so like too. so. One of the things about Wrath and Glory, I don't know if you've ever looked at it. Never have. It is the new 40k uh, RPG. The, RPG. Yeah. Oh, this is the one that just came out. Yeah. Really? And it is. Made, I've been meaning to get this. Okay. It is. It is made by uh, a German company, and so uh, continental uh, European games, uh, the ones that I've seen, run very differently than. Uh, English or American games, mm-hmm. like they—they, they, not that they're intrinsically different, but I mean, I think that uh, games that arose there kind of had a different uh, sort of uh, kind of tropes about how rules work. Mm-hmm. So I, it is, it is likely that to people who are used to more of like the stat skill systems or even like the old 40k, uh, it's rather confusing. Mm-hmm. The other thing about the 40k world is that it is one of those ones in which it feels like you can lose. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like, it feels like you can lose D&D because if you don't get out of the dungeon, you lose, right? Because right. there's that board game part of it. 
40K, like you know, all factions are in an existential crisis. Yes. If you do not murder everything, you die. Um, And so the things that you tend to do in these sorts of games are you're in an existential crisis all the time. It feels like you are going to die Mm -hmm. if you do not murder everything else. And so in that situation, if the rules are not well understood by everybody in one where it feels like you can quote-unquote lose the game, Mm -hmm. I can see how somebody who is really invested in their character doing well, especially if they're really into 40K, um, be upset if what feel like important rules are glossed over. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, I agree And I know I can gloss over our fudge rules that I'm really familiar with, um, because it's I know how it works and still feels fair. So to if me, it is a new, sorry. No, no, no. Finish. Um, if it's a if it's a new game mm-hmm. that works very differently, um, I can see how in this very in this specific instance, mm-hmm. I, I can understand how it would take umbrage. Like yeah. that's not how this works. I would not have exactly. made a character that works yeah. this way if that is how it works. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It, by what it seems like Steven's saying is that if you don't allow the opportunity for there to be conversation occasionally, you you might miss those opportunities where someone's like, hey, maybe I'm misunderstanding, but I put points into this. I'm a huckster in a Deadlands game, and you want me to just roll dice, and I don't get the cards dealt to me. Mm-hmm. And that's totally why I wanted to play my character, right. as I wanted this cool mm-hmm. card mechanic. Yeah. Oh, and I, I also have these traits that help yeah. my card mechanic, but yeah. if you don't use the card mechanic, yeah. then I don't. Yeah, so at least having that opportunity, and mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that everything has to be a conversation or a negotiation, but part of the way, I, part of the reason I like to play role-playing games is I, I dig understanding the system and how the system impacts play sure. and how it's negotiated when you play and so s- there are occasionally times I'll just say hey Gina Gina question mm-hmm. like how how did that work or how did you do that and if it's like it's not time for that because we're crunch time hopefully I'm reading the table better and I wouldn't ask it but somebody could just say oh remind me and we'll talk about that later mm-hmm. but otherwise sometimes a lot of people at the table want to understand too like mm-hmm. how that mechanic was engaged and how it was right. adjudicated or I could not care less yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, unless I'm running. Like, obviously, when I'm running a game, yeah. I care about that. But as yeah. a player, like, very rarely. And I, I think part of it is just I'm really lucky who I get to play with. I mm-hmm. think if I sat down with the GM that I didn't have a right? lot of trust in. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing with this particular role, too. I mean, I, I, if you sit and you trust your GM and you're at a table with people you trust, like, I'm not so worried about the rules. But there are times, you know, especially at cons and stuff, you're like, okay. Like we we played in the the laughing moon or what mm-hmm. wheelhouse games. This yeah. Week. So mm-hmm. I was much more interested in how the system worked for that because I didn't know the GM, I didn't know everyone at the table, mm-hmm. I didn't know the system, so there wasn't kind of like like trust there. So mm-hmm. I don't know. So it, oh. it, it 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 there's a a level of how much it matters. I think at least for me at the I think, table. I think that's true for anybody. Like mm-hmm. everybody probably has a scale. Of mm-hmm. What what if though? Let's say you made a crushy Hita person yes. and a goblin or something came up and you hit it with your Tetsubo and the uh, GM was like, oh yeah, no, it doesn't really do anything. Right. Like, what are you talking about? I made a crushy Tetsubo like right. person to kill Shadowlands yeah. creatures. Oh yeah, no, I just, I don't really think that really works against Shadowlands creatures. Yeah. Well, no, it does. Yeah. Like, that's how right. it works. Like, eh, no. 
But, see, again, but you can look that up. Not, you know what? I don't want to mess with the rules right now. I'm just going to say it knocks it back for a little yeah. bit, and then we can move on. Right. That piss you off. I don't... Not in every case. Like, I mean... <laughs> like, it, with Stu, I'd be like... No, I trust Stu. There's a reason that it's mm-hmm. not working. Like, that will come to play later. Mm-hmm. Then, like, if it didn't later, I'd be fucking pissed off. But... I, so I think I, it does matter to me. Whereas if it was someone else I hadn't played with before, yeah, that would fucking be. I'd be like annoyed. What if they literally told you that they didn't have a plan? That's just how they thought it worked by skimming the rules and didn't know. See, that would be annoying. Yeah, but and but but I'm saying, and I, I, I'm not saying that that's not a good point. I, I think you're correct, and especially as a, I I think as a player from the player perspective, if you have, a. Like trust in the GM. Like I trust that Stu knows the rules well enough. Maybe I shouldn't, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I would. <laughs> but like, at least well enough yeah. to do like the basics but, and to, well, yeah, or to have the intent to do well. I I think that if you're like I don't think how that works, mm-hmm. Stu'd be like, oh let me check. Yeah, and it wouldn't be a big deal. Right. No, exactly. Uh, because you wouldn't say I don't think that's how it works unless it's a big deal. Yeah. And it's set forth like the rules lawyer problem is like. Where every single tiny yeah. little thing is a fight. Yeah, that gets annoying. Um, that that yeah. annoys me more yeah. yep. than the other way around. Where I'd rather rules get screwed up sometimes than have like the rules lawyer at the table who every single time things become an argument. See, my for me, my tolerance for rules discussions uh, is direct is inversely proportionate to how long combats take. So if I'm playing a game, if I'm we're playing a tenth level D and D game mm-hmm. or something, and it's like okay, we we've been in this fight for an hour and a half now, and the oh. end is not in sight yet. Yeah. And someone's like, oh, and I'm like, oh, well, just go ahead and do a, a roll a D twenty, add your strength, your target yeah. number is fifteen. Roll the final attack. Yeah. Just, just do it. Just roll a final attack, please. Right. <laughs> but I mean, and I, and I mean, just off the top of my head, and then and if you're going to slow down the game even more. To make that combat even fucking longer, <laughs> then you die. Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck that. Obviously. Unless it involves a PC death. I was yeah. going to say, but maybe in the very first game, like say you chose to start with fifth level characters or something, and people have a little more complex stuff they can do, you might be a little more willing to hear sure. that whether, like, actually it says. Actually, well, but actually. where it says, "Oh, my move does," and you're like, "Oh shit, does it?" Right, and it's like, "Oh, okay, yeah, you do that." I mean, well, I, I, like, I always expect the players are going to know the rules yeah. for their characters. Yes, mm-hmm. which is, I think that is a yeah. reasonable exp- expectation. I think so too. Yep, and it makes it's not always yeah. the case. We have, <laughs> we, yeah, we, well, we have talked about things like that before. Yeah, yeah. of yeah. like what is a reasonable expectation from a player? Yeah, right. Yeah, and but I don't, but I mean, my tolerance for that stuff. Goes way down in, in if if the game is getting bogged down, or if I feel that yeah. the table is starting to like lose interest, yeah, mm-hmm. or something like that. Absolutely. I'm, I mean, the guy who's like, "Oh no, let's look it up. Let's make sure we're doing it right." Fuck that. Yeah. Right. Especially if it's you're teetering on the point of not having fun because yeah, or or literally just not already. Yes. Right. <laughs> and the fact and the, and the fact is, I don't have to play role playing games. I do have to mow my lawn, or my neighbors complain. Mm-hmm. No, I pay someone to mow my lawn. Yeah. Mow my lawn. But, but, you, but I have really to, obsessed with the lawn right now, guys. Like a lot. Uh, well, that's that's that, that was <laughs> I know, his example. I know. But I have to I have to wash dishes. If I don't wash, wash dishes, right? the house is going to smell, and and I'm you not going to have clean dishes, yeah. and there's, you're going to you know get pests and all kinds of stuff. And so you have to do that. I don't have to play role playing games. I yeah. play role playing games for fun. Yeah. I don't do any of that other stuff for fun. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to fold laundry. Fucking love folding laundry. I've never said that in my life. <laughs> the worst. I hate folding laundry. Right? The and worst chore. And, and yeah. it, if, it you're, if you're... Number one worst chore. The whole agreed upon thing, I think, is, is key here. Because if you're at a table where people are like, I want to play this yeah. game because I like this the rule set in this game, and I think it's important that we do that, you have that, that, that session zero conversation mm-hmm. yeah. and like okay well that's that's the way we're going to run it but mm-hmm. there are going to be times when it might drag because right. of that just so you guys know mm-hmm. that's fine as long as everyone's still having fun doing it and mm-hmm. if you're not having fun doing it it's a freaking hobby it's not yeah a chore or your job mm-hmm. so you can kind of do it however you want i mean there's yeah. there's yeah. there's there's agreed to ways to paint minis mm-hmm. but there's also people who paint them in very odd ways like me i dip them Mm-hmm. I dip them in the paint and then brush it off sometimes. Sometimes I use spray paint. <laughs> I don't care. I'm not... You can have your fun any way you want. Right. Yep. But if you're not having yep. fun, fuck it. Then why yep. are you yeah. doing it? Right. Yep. Well, and if not everybody at the table's having fun, I feel like as a GM you have a little bit of obligation there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. So and if, it's not just, oh, I hate, ru- you know, I hate looking at rules, so this is going to be the rule. Like, you need to check with your... Your table. It's got to be agreed upon. Yeah, it's got to be. Agreed and upon. you might have to like be super specific. Like, okay, we're not going to look up every time there's a rule, but like you were saying, like with player death, like, like there might be people. Like if you have Tappy and I playing in the game, I don't give a shit about rules. Tappy loves all the rules. So, but we get along in games because there's well like, because because we're friends and we drink. Yeah, but um, well, also <laughs> I know the rules. Right, but it's not like I'm quizzing the GM all the time or anything like no, right. that. Exactly. Like, no. And when I run, I run very fast and loose. Yeah. Um, because that's how I roll. Who needs character sheets? <laughs> yeah, character sheets. But that's the thing, holding you know. You character when when character sheets are holding you holding you back is when you know the rules and how they work well enough that you can make determinations on the fly that are yes. still fair, fair in that agreed upon yes. set and fairly consistent. And mm-hmm. yeah, right. exactly, because you're comfortable you're, with the yeah. rule set. Yeah. Or when you're so drunk, nobody gives a shit. Yeah. yeah, that is the other time. That is the other time. Right. <laughs> Speaking of which, I know. Yeah, <laughs> like bunch of quad, because quad. What is that? It's a quad. It's, like a, it's a Belgian, isn't it? Uh, yeah. It's a uh, ATV. I'll have the white piece. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that. It off. I'm from Riverside. I know all about those quads. <laughs> I'll open this. One. I think you will like this. And other quads. I can't try a little bit of that, that. The quad. Just of a little tiny bit. I know. I need to try it too. Just it. I'm not usually with the flavor <laughs> <and> flavors. <laughs> Just a little tiny bit. All right. I don't like Tucker Bears. Next. Are we done with that? Yes. Yes. Thank okay. you very much for the email. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Tucker I feel Bear. like we have some GMs that are like, no, Wait. no. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we have some GMs that are like great just, examples just, of this, by the way. No. No. Well, I'm kidding. She'll no. tell me how it is. <laughs> she, can, no, she, she was at the soup place. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Who's a kidney glass? Space combat isn't boring. Tappy, read that one. Okay. Uh... From Sam from Lakewood. Hi, Happy Jackers. I uh, just wanted to reply to episode 2208's discussion, does space combat always have to be boring? Of course space combat isn't boring. Or at least it doesn't have to be. Uh, most of my favorite RPGs fe- feature space combat heavily, FFG Star Wars, Rogue Trader, etc. And space combat has never felt boring in those games. I think the major disconnect with the question was the core assumption that space combat has to be hugely different than regular combat. That somehow waiting for initiative in order to fire a ship cannon is fundamentally different than waiting for initiative in order for the cleric to heal the fighter. 
All the tricks that a GM knows to keep a street-level fight dynamic should apply just fine to Space Combat 2, especially the tricks for dealing with characters that tend to be more support-y in combat situations, cleric, bard, etc. The GM needs to have a moment before a session where they know there will be Space Combat and ask themselves a question, what's Bob going to be doing during this fight, and come up with a solid answer, or at least have a vague idea of things they, quote, can, quote, do during a space fight. Uh, I don't know how much I agree with a GM deciding what people should be doing in a combat. I think he's like, just saying, think he's, he's I, trying to foreshadow in his head what might happen. Or, or, what I or, or at least come up with potential things. Yeah, that's what I meant. Right. Not yeah. what they are going to do, but... or so I mean, can anticipate. I, I can kind of see this, because it's like... Um, uh, if there's going to be a space combat... Um, and the ship is successfully attacked, and let's say there's not mechanics for it. Okay. I'm going to say that there's a whole breach that uh, is in a critical part of the ship that's going to have to be addressed by someone. Right, right. I'm thinking about that. Um, all right, I'll get to the rest of it. And later. obviously the gunner's yeah. not going to do it, and the pilot's not going to do it, because they're busy. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, in a regular fight, everybody could do one thing if they wanted to. Yes. But in a space combat fight, oftentimes people can only do what is in their jurisdiction. Yes. And that is one of the disconnects, I think. Say yeah. again. Uh, in a space combat, oftentimes you can only do what is in your predetermined jurisdiction. So if you are a gunner, you get to fire the gun, but yeah. you don't get to determine where the boat goes. Right. Um, if you're if an engineer, you're, you make the engines go. Yeah, um, and that's it. Yeah. Right. Yep. Uh, What's the question? Oh, uh, yeah. What's Bob going to? Uh, oh, no, th- this this is a question that really should Never be addressed yeah. as early as character creation. I'm not aware of many games out there that can have quote surprise end quote space combat uh, where it isn't a core part of the experience for the games it is available in. And so from one from session one, GM should know what each player is going to be doing when macro cannons start firing. Just like a GM should know what the protagonist or doctor should be doing when Propagandist. the sniper... Propagandist. Propagandist. Yeah. Or doctor should be doing when the sniper decides to take a pot shot at the party as they're walking down an alley. Right. Well, they might hide. Mm-hmm. They might spend the combat hiding. Or, if you know, the doctor might attend someone if they get shot. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean... The doctor could pull out a pistol and start blazing away. He could, yeah. sure. And maybe he doesn't have the skill, but why not? Yeah. Just Fuck it. covering fire. Yeah, just throw a grenade. It's right. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, the thing is, though, <laughs> an assumption he's making is that you get to decide what your character can do during character creation. Yeah, and if you play true. my favorite science fiction yeah. game, Traveler, you don't get to do mm-hmm. that. That's the best part of Traveler. <laughs> you might make a character like Stork made in the... when it's like, wow, your character literally can do nothing... Or <laughs> my character in Stork and Dave's Traveler game that had jack of all trades, and I could do anything. I right. had it at like plus two or something. That's, That's right. huge. Yeah, no, that it was gives ridiculous. you like every skill at everything. zero or something. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's right. Okay. Uh, jack of all trades three does. Uh, that is <laughs> jack of all trades three. Is it that, three that, less? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought that, it was two. It might have been three. Maybe it's I two. In the, is it two in the new rules? Uh, I only know the ones that I ran. Okay. <laughs> Uh, that's it. That said, there are a few key differences with space combat and standard personal combat. But in all these differences, they should really speak in the ways in which void fighting is awesome and not boring at all. Here are the big differences I can think of. Asking, quote, unquote, why? 
Well, no combat in a game should be pointless. This is extra too true for space combat. When you're taking ships with hyperspeed, jump drive, displacement engines, whatever, if a ship is staring down a fight it doesn't want to be part of, it can just leave. Turn around, fly it with light speed, whatever. So every time there's space combat situation, it should be meaningful. Well, that's not necessarily true. Lots of games that have jump drives, etc., like it takes a long time to jump them to spin them up. Oh yeah. You can't jump if you're within like X number of circumferences the, or, or diameters of the planet. Yeah. yeah. Um, but still, I agree that combat should be meaningful. Yes. Uh, your ship is trying to protect the space station from pirate raiders. You're trying to sneak past a planetary blockade to deliver critical metal supplies to citizens below. You're trying to ambush a smuggler carrying political prisoners so that you need to stop the ship and not damage it too much or risk the passengers. Each fight should be distinct with goals, environment, and a real reason to be exchanging plasma bolts. Uh, Play around with time. Uh, One big difference for a lot of space combats is the increase in assumed round time. Uh, In Rogue Trader, for example, one round of street combat is about 10 seconds, but one round of space combat is closer to half an hour. This is to account for the massive distances and scale of the ships involved. It also lets you have a huge amount of role-playing potential. You may have enough time in a combat for your ship to fire weapons, knock out the enemy's shields, allow a boarding party on who can do a whole different scale work or work uh, and have their own mini-adventure before both ships can have reloaded their cannons. Or you have enough time to go below decks and rally a mutinous crew. Uh, or contact the nearby planet and beg for assistance. Big ships don't slug it out in real time, and you can and should make allowances for often things that happen between broadsides. Uh, do you want to talk about that real quick, or go on to um, finish it? Because, you know, I keep thinking of World War One battleships. Right. And, I mean, until they blow up, uh, you kind of do one thing. You just shoot. You just yeah. shoot. Keep and, shooting. And if you're a Marine on one of those who, if somebody boarded, you'd be really good at fighting off. If, you're, you're, if no one boards, no one boards, you're hanging you're just out. Just kind of sitting there. Right. Um, Hoping that, you know, the ship and doesn't And you sit. can't always have a mutinous crew. You can't always have. I right. Mean, right. I agree that there are all these things and, and that uh, it is, I think it is difficult to make sure that everybody is excited during this uh, space combat. Mm hmm. Um, uh, except for one specific instance that that I will bring up okay. at the end of this. Uh, I was gonna say I think it depends on the system and like what the, your setup is. Well, yeah, I but mean, yeah. that's one of the things about system. Like, yeah, when a system sets it up, like the new Star Trek system has a lot of things for everybody to yeah. do in all the different places, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And it's one of those those ways that that the rules really help, like, kind of frame the situation where you can have a lot of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, how you make a character guarantees that you will be able to do at least one thing. Yeah. That will have an impact on it. You can't make like even the most like hand fighty of characters. Yep. Are also going to be able to like be on a tactical array and fire torpedoes or whatever. Right. Yep. Um. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's if without some sort of framework, mm-hmm. I think it's really difficult. But with correct framework. I think it's a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And it can be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Or it can I be agree. boring. Yeah. I love ship combat. Mm-hmm. Just kind of in general. Mm-hmm. You're floating <laughs> on the sea or in, in mm-hmm. space. Have you, do you ever uh, read the Lost series? Lost Fleet series? No. I can't remember the name. Of the, guy. the guy that wrote it was like a Navy Commodore or something. So he, he, he wrote, wrote this story about a, uh, these two human cultures have been at war were at war, and this guy 
um, his ship blows up and he goes out in a uh, what do you call him uh, life, a life pod and it's got like stuff in it for suspended animation or whatever and it malfunctions and they don't recover the thing for like a hundred years mm-hmm. and when they recover it they've still been at war for the last hundred years hmm. but all of the senior officers by this point well, all the senior officers now never ha- had this kind of training they had when they originally mm-hmm started the war mm-hmm. so all of the tactics that they had honed to use during th- these ship battles have all been lost mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he comes in and because they, they the way they have this screwy way of determining who is like the lead captain if the flag officers are dead is what your commission date oh, oh so very much like uh, old um, uh, English yeah. captain's list yes so, guess who's got the longest commission date? Oh, yeah. The guy who's been suspended animation for 100 years. You uh-huh. just so he's me in of charge. Andromeda for some reason. Yeah, a little yeah. bit, yeah. And, and, and so he ends up becoming the fleet, the fleet of the, the admiral of this fleet. And it's mm. hundreds of ships. It's <laughs> like battleship groups and heavy cruiser groups. Uh-huh. And I mean, he's got like two or 300 ships at his command. <laughs> but the guy describes. He's put a lot of thought into how space combat might actually work. So, mm-hmm. you know, these two fleets jump into a system, and they're seeing what each other's doing, but what they're seeing is maybe an hour behind because mm-hmm. they, on, they only have optics to, yeah. to view everything. And so they're all, they're, you know, maneuvering each around each other and changing their formations mm-hmm. in response to the other side changing their formations. And then they always have, like, a last quick change, like, right before the... They come within weapons range because the weapons range is pretty close because it's mostly missiles. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. and I think they have like something called a hell lance, which is like a laser or something. But lasers have a long distance, but they lose power over, yeah. over what is? I can't remember the inverse squared rule of inverse squared or whatever. Is it anyway? So, but so pretty much most of the weapons are kind of point blank. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have these two fleet formations pa- basically pass through each other, and all of the fire control is done by the computers because. People, because these ships are moving at like yeah. point uh-huh. point oh two light or something. Yeah. They're moving fast. Mm-hmm. Humans can't yeah. can't do it. So they're all computer f- fire control, and the two fleets will pass, and then it's like, okay, what do we lose? Yeah, uh-huh. and whew, that was close. And it's terrifying. I mean, yeah. it, it, that's it, super cool. If you look, yeah. at, if, if you think about space combat in that sense, and that's a a, a, a fairly hard science fiction science mm-hmm. fiction right. setting. That's te- that's a fucking terrifying combat. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, all right, well, we're going to do one last maneuver, and it's going to be controlled by the computer, and yeah. so we don't really have anything to do for the next 15 minutes. And then you yeah. can do just, like, one roll, and then you see what happens. Right, exactly. Yeah. And then we got to move again. Uh, yeah, that sounds awesome. But that, 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 I think, would be interesting. But the players, char- the, the individual characters, have some stuff to do, but not a lot, and not in the middle of combat. Mm-hmm. It's... it's Taking care of the repercussions of the combat, which happened in the blink of an eye, right. mm-hmm. and and trying to get ready for is okay. We're we going to do another pass. Do we have enough ships to do another pass? How many ships do they have? You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Wow. Uh, I just got on a new Reddit that I really like called "Fuck Yeah Humanity," mm-hmm. <laughs> and the idea of this Reddit is space stories where the human race isn't bland, uh-huh. but is actually like you know really good at stuff. And there's one called there's a story on there called "Prey." That's been amazing. Where like all the other spacefaring races are um, herbivores, mm-hmm. because that's how they manage to like not kill each other enough to become spacefaring races. 
Okay. Um, that's, and a, that's really smart, actually. Right. And so there are like these galactic federations mm-hmm. of all of these plant eating species. Vegans. Yeah, the vegans. Nice. <laughs> um, and then humans uh, met this one group first, uh, and then through that group had been introduced to the rest of the Galactic Federation. But they're always wearing full uh, uh, suits mm-hmm. so that nobody can see our forward-facing eyes. That's what predators have. That was predators have. So this Galactic Federation <laughs> runs into another Predator spacefaring series and just are going to get their asses kicked, and the humans know it, because they can see that in their formations. Like, no, no, that's what we would do. Yeah. (laughs) What is that story? Is it it called Prey? Is it a novel, or? No, 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 it's It's just, it's some guys writing it up on Reddit? Reddit? Okay. Um, And it's it's so good. Um, Oh, man. And so, yeah, and and so the humans, like, go try and tell the Galactic Federation this is going to happen. They're like, what the fuck do you know? You're like a minor species. We've never lost a battle in thousands of years. Yeah. Against other vegans. Whoa. Against other vegans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so the humans get their own little space space fleet off to the side with like their the people they met first that have learned their predatory fighting tactics. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like the battle comes and it's awesome. They oh and humans also they're the ones that have carriers. So we have like mm-hmm. little space fighters and nobody else has space fighters. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Because you know you all work together in a big ship. Oh. And so, and you, then you're in your formation with all the other ones, all working together for your common goal. Oh. Right. I yeah. love that. We're <laughs> all together in yeah. the herd. Uh-huh. <laughs> we're such garbage, but we still end up the heroes. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, we're omnivores, we're not just predators. Right, that's true. Right. Yeah. That's uh, a beast either. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pointing at my canines for podcast people. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I think it's... It, with, if you're really, really, really into space combats like this person is, I think... Um, you can probably get yourself uh, into it enough to have cool space combat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's very you interesting, know. yeah. That's yeah. I love that concept so much. It's yeah. so cool. I think we should run a game like that. You should. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't run games with you, though. No, I would. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Finally. I'm mad. Taffy's mad at me because I said I'd run a game, Oops. and then I waited and then, too and long. And then she said no. Yeah. I was like, ah, I've waited too long. I can't plan with someone else. It all has to be in my own head, and I can't right. communicate. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. And then she still said no. I still feel bad. <laughs> okay, so moving on, because we're actually not done with the thing. Oh, right. yeah. the thing. The uh, ship is a character. The ship is a character. The ship is a home. Yes. The Millennium Falcon is a uh, piece of equipment on the character sheet. It's Han and Chewie's partner in home. Yep. And uh, evidently Lando's ex-girlfriend. It's fine. Han. Go ahead. You haven't going. seen the new movie? <gasps> no. Oh, the new, oh yeah. Oh, uh, it's problematic Solo. at best. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh. It's okay. Oh, Keep dear. reading. It, it's fine. I'm sorry. I shouldn't. Yeah, no. I'm it's drinking wine. I've become very feminist in the last few minutes. <laughs> it happens. And it's not even feminist wine. No, it's not. <laughs> it's regular wine. It's but patriarchy I'm, wine, huh? I'm drinking it because it, I'm drinking Oh, that's it. why she's so, so hateful. <laughs> that's why, yeah. <laughs> patriarchy it's wine full of hate. bile and anger. No, if I'm drinking it, it's feminist. I was going to say, I don't think it's wine of the patriarchy. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, I will drink feminist wine with you. Okay, good. When I'm done with this beer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Han and Chewie's home. Oh, and yeah. Port. So oh, when okay. the Falcon takes damage... The characters should feel it in more ways than one. That's their history and their family that just got a hole punched through its hole. That room that just got vented is the room your crew raised the child in. The engines that are straining to outmaneuver their, the incoming fighters. Uh, your grandpa installed those and made you run nightly drills learning their maintenance. The ship should never be easily discardable. It is a vital piece of the campaign that should have a history, a personality, history, and stakes for everyone aboard. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah. 
I agree with that. I don't know. I mean, if you're in a traveler game where nobody has a ship and you're just like oh, hijacking or just like hitchhiking from ship to ship, you don't want to die. Yes. But the ship doesn't have. I mean, but if you're, you're if you're kind play- of on a one night stand with if that ship, yeah. If you're playing in a setting where the the party has a ship, yeah, it should be significant. Yeah. Uh, send in Isaac Newton has Mass Effect 2 so ably pointed out Sir Isaac Newton is the most dangerous man in the galaxy at least when it comes to fights in space let the team play around with that the basic weaponry on ship probably lands with enough force to be compared to a nuclear weapon mm-hmm. uh, give the players an opportunity to use the massive physics based power of the vessel they're flying in make them realize the titanic forces at play they're crafty PCs they'll come up with ways to weaponize it that reminds me of um, oh, I forget what it's called now. It was uh, it's a book kind of near futurist, and uh, there's um, space combat with ships uh, are like these giant cylinders, mm-hmm. and how they they uh, the engines work is they throw out tiny nuclear bombs behind them, and then it explodes and pushes them okay. forward. So, uh, wow. uh, alien race came in, and so they turned their ship essentially towards the alien race, and then turned on the engine to tear the ship in half. Awesome. Well, th- th- this actually reminds me again of Lost Fleet because there's in one of the books because there's a ton of books. There's probably eight or ten books in mm-hmm. there so far, but in one of the books, um, they uh, w- one side or another loses a, the battle and the fleet withdraws, and now you have a hostile fleet in the system, and they're the only sh- only ships in the system, mm-hmm. and there's a habited inhabited planet. What Rorregi? That inhabited planet now. Is helpless mm-hmm. because yeah. the, the battleships have have a round called a rock, which is basically a just a giant metal ball mm-hmm. that they shoot out with uh, like a I don't know what do, you, what do you call it uh, mass driver like a mass driver, uh, and it's going to pick up speed as it's moving towards that planet, and by the time it hits, it's going to land like a hydrogen with the energy yeah. of a yeah. hydrogen bomb, mm-hmm. and if you and if you run out of those, oh look, there's an asteroid belt. Yeah. yeah, we can just. I'll just go drop grab one. Those things. Yeah. <laughs> so, All he needs one, really. I mean, one big one. Uh, yeah, Aww. yeah. But I mean, and that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. If to the people on that planet, it's like the fleet left. There's a, another fleet out there, and they hate us. Shit. Aww. Yeah, <laughs> and they're all dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you could say that that's kind of a thing that people felt back in the Age of Sail, if. You know, there's a ship with cannons on it, and you have a city that mm-hmm. doesn't. Yeah. You know, if you don't have a fort, you're very, fucked. very similar. And yes. Yeah, they can just shoot at you all day, and there's not a goddamn thing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. Nope. I was gonna say that if that that's more the rule set, like Sails uh, of Glory is like a miniatures game. Mm-hmm. But if it's more, that's what the rule set supports is movement, and this is how your movement can be, and how you set up and your your ship is slow or your ship is fast that to me can get a little bo- more boring but if there oh, is yeah, yeah. stuff that you can do that's not only just what your character class is assigned but like variable on that mm-hmm. um, that's where it gets a lot more interesting the, 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 the way I do ship combat in um, Vast Dominions it's exactly the same combat as it would be mm-hmm. otherwise except both sides are on moving platforms mm-hmm. nice, because you have to uh-huh. slow down to engaging speed mm-hmm. or whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it. You have a couple mounted weapons, but you can also take your personal weapons and shoot at the guys on the deck of the other ship. Yeah, 
over there. Yeah, they used to do that in Age of Sail too. Absolutely. Right, and that that to me that didn't slow down combat at all. The only the only thing with that is one of the characters is occupied being the pilot, mm-hmm. and I, I think the engineer could be occupied as well. But there's other things yeah. they can do. To make the ship more maneuverable, to increase its turning radius or decrease its yeah. turning radius and things like that. Yeah. But it's basically just two platforms made out of hexes on mm-hmm. a hex map, yeah. and they just move every every turn depending on what their speed is. They move a certain number of hexes, and you're trying to maneuver around each other and just shoot each other until. Yeah. But that one felt of like a normal. That felt like a normal combat, though. That doesn't it feel is a, like yeah. ship combat. It, it, it literally. Yeah. That's one of the one of the reasons I did it that way is I want it to just be like a normal combat. Yeah. You're just uh, on moving platforms. That yeah. reminds me of Sky Galleons of Mars. I don't know Sky Galleons. Uh, it was the the miniatures game for Space 1888. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, but it's exactly what it says on the page: Sky Galleons well. on Mars, and there are these moving platforms that either they're like the English or like the Earthlings, or you're like these. Dirigibles that the Martians have. I was going to say, mm-hmm. is it kind of like, like John Carter of Mars, like space opera? Sort yeah, of stuff? I mean, it's it's yeah. making fun of space 1999, yeah. but it's space yeah. 1888, right, or 1899, I think. Right. Well, space like uh, uh, the Star Wars FFG yeah. has additional like. Uh, you know, not just what's on your character sheet, but I forget what page number it is. But there's a page number where there's like a whole bunch of stuff that you can do while you're in ship combat. Yes. Mm-hmm. That, you know, which is aiding or setting up people and doing stuff like that. Yeah. So you can and do things outside of your. Rubbing one off for the last time. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, yeah. and the reason they cl- include that is because sometimes space combat is boring and you want yeah. to give yeah. your character yeah. something to do. Yeah. Well, have one, <laughs> one thing that's become popular for people running FFG too is to. And we talked about this, I think, last time, is to bring in uh, the the Star Wars miniature game and do that for space. Oh, like X Wing or something yeah, like that. Yeah, for X Wing. Mm. Yeah, bring that. I mean, that is Imperial addicting. And you shouldn't or, start that yeah. path because it's bad. But it's not bad. It's just really addicting. If you, get, if you have a whole table of people who like playing the yeah. X Wing game, that's that a, could be fun. I've heard yeah. of a lot of and a lot of different groups I know have done that, where it's like, oh, today's our space combat, so they bring out X Wing, they do space combat that way, and mm-hmm. then go back yeah. to FFG uh, after that. We did that with the old West End uh, system mm-hmm. because there's also a like tabletop Star Wars game that came mm-hmm. out at the same time using okay. the same system. See, uh, when, you, when you guys do the Star, Star Trek game, you should break out Starfleet battles. <laughs> <laughs> Starfleet battles is great because it, it, you have you know, like two big fleets and then they go blah, 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 and then they limp away yes. as fast as they possibly can. <laughs> it's such a good game, though. <laughs> it's fun. No, it's fun. No, it's but good. you've got to like that kind of yeah. game. Um, have you guys ever read the Master and Commander series? Uh, I've read like, like two books. Th- the beginning of the first. Yeah, book. yeah. I, I love that I have series, it. I have but it it's a great it's example of how yeah. boring spa- uh, ship combat, combat can be. Right. Yeah. It's like okay, well, we're going to catch them at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Oh yeah. You know, or okay, yeah. well, well, three days later, you have yeah. a slight advantage with the wind, and yeah, 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 yeah. in about six hours, we're yeah, going to be with Canada. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to write about those six hours <laughs> in. Terrifying detail. <laughs> 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 All right, sorry. Uh, I read Tolkien. I can read anything. This sorry. is funny. <laughs> uh, oh, speaking of miniatures, that first game, you know, looking up the the new 40k game. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I ended up doing what I swore I wouldn't do, which is look at the new 40k Eighth Edition miniatures, and they're really good. Oh no! And I'm really pissed. I want to. 
I want to buy something. What are you going to? What, uh, what army are you going to play? I don't know. I haven't decided yet. There's, I, I want I want like small model count because I hate painting, but I also like big smashy things. So I'm thinking Imperial Knights. Okay. Or I'm thinking Eldar because they're super, super, super. Eldar, well, Eldar are like the, the easiest to paint, aren't they? No, there's I don't one. Know. I think I think someone told me that Eldar are usually about the easiest. Well, I I, I like elves because they're awesome. I like right. space elves because that's even more awesome. <laughs> I like psychic space elves because that's rad. And then if you strap Double them to a uh, a jet like right. engine, that's even fucking awesome. Now, is, is that the one? They're all all. The, Eldar are the ones that are all in uh, encounter suits, right? They're uh, all, all in some. Yeah, that's one faction of, of them. There's, there's, oh. there's that, and then there's the Harlequins, which are the those are not easy to paint. Clowns, yeah. <laughs> fuck that. No. Fuck that. No. And then there are the the dark Eldar, which are like the bondage elves, and they're not bondage. what I'm in. The Dardar. The Dardar. <laughs> but uh, you know, Eldar on a jet bike. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm into that, and they also have. Uh, planes that are powered by magic ghosts that have psychic powers if you and bu- rip open reality. Okay. And that's cool. If you buy an army... Is that like Scientology? <laughs> yes. That, that's that's uh, Yeah, I think that I, I think that the, the grimdark universe of Warhammer <laughs> probably was inspired by Oren Hubbard. <laughs> if, you, uh, if, you, if you end up getting an army, yeah, I'll finish my Thousand Suns. Alright, cool. Because I got... I got a lot of psychics too. Yeah, I know. We'll have so many psychics. <laughs> Our psychic phase will be like two hours long. It'll yeah, be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <So> terrible. <laughs> Go ahead and finish the. Ella on a jet bike. Please don't speak. The door is locked. Just you and me. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> uh, hope this makes sense, and hope this gives people some ideas to make space combats as exciting as they should be. Sincerely, Sam from Liquid. Thank you, Sam. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I, that was really good. It Thank was. you, Sam, for the email. We yeah. appreciate it. And that's at Liquid California, I wonder. Is that Liquid? There's I probably a Liquid in every state. There probably well, is, but yes. I, of course, automatically thought Liquid. Well, yeah. There's, I'm sure that there's like a Liquid Long in, Beach, in liquid. Minnesota, right? Every state. I don't know. You I would mean, think so, right? You have, have 18,000 lakes. Yeah. Every state and, with and lakes has to have a lake. There's mm-hmm. uh, lots of trees, but yeah, you would think there'd be a Liquid. I don't know. What probably. What if there's only a Wood Lake? Yeah, there is a lake with Minnesota. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's near the, uh, what's it, French River? I'll not know this French River. Lakewood Township. What? Uh, it's Hawk Ridge. It's I've only heard of Minnesota. <laughs> it's near the Hawk, Hawk Ridge uh, Nature Reserve. All right, You're familiar with that, uh, yes? I'm sure this is oh, sure. Sure. important, pertinent, and important right. yeah. for everybody ever. Thank you very much for the email. Yes. I thought eagles when I went home. Um, there weren't eagles when I was. Little. Oh, I. D- e- oh, really? Yeah, That's they're cool. everywhere now. What eagles? kind of eagles? Bald eagles. Oh, bald eagles, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's the awesome. nests are ginormous. There they, was a bald. Like, I could sleep in one. When I was a kid, there was a bald eagle at. Uh, Tabletop RPG. Hold on, no, no. <laughs> there was a, there was a bald eagle at Disneyland. Oh my! In God. the um, in the Jungle Cruise. Seriously? I, I don't remember because they explained to us why it was there. Oh, it was animatronic. No, no, no. What? No, it was actual bald eagle. It was an actual in bald like eagle. In like a little cage? No. It was not in a cage, but it, it, for some reason it had come there and they had been in, in contact with whatever wow. whatever state organization the is. The bald eagle was in contact? No, no, no. Oh. Disneyland was. <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs> yeah. But this, got a little headset on. There's a, the, I don't Sam know. It, eagle. In, in between one of the, one of the like... You know the little uh, yeah. little like 
like the, native hot, vid- the village. The backside of water and something else. In between one of those things, yeah. you look and says, yeah, if you look over there, you can see the bald eagle. And this bald eagle, just for some reason, decided to roost at the Jungle Cruise. Please tell me it was on the, the oh my totem God, pole thing. So no, it was just like in its own... It, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't anywhere where there was a bunch of noise. And he's like, "How are you doing?" And it was just, off the rails. Yeah, it was crazy. How you doing? <laughs> a long time ago, I was cool. a kid when that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wanted to mention. Um, I ran two moment of truth games at the convention. Okay. And I'm now f- confident that the game mechanics are working the way they're supposed to be working. Lovely. Um, so I'm not going to ch- revise the. Core rules at all. Cool the beans. magic system worked great. Uh, Christopher, I don't want to say his last name. Uh, Good idea. Played. Uh, was it him? Stromboli. Yeah. That's his last name. Stromboli. <laughs> he, play, he played. He played the shaman, and would push and add multiples of dice to his yeah. to his roll. Uh, he ended up having two backfires during okay. the course of the nice. during the course of the game. Um, by the end of the game, he probably inflicted more damage because his character was a pacifist. Oh, right, right. I heard about <laughs> yes. this. I heard about the, pa- the pacifist did more damage than anybody else because backfires were crazy. Maybe combined. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> backfires were, were crazy powerful. He, 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 he rolled a little high on a couple of someone's Oh, is that you? Nope. I'm getting like a. Oh, it might have been me doing this with. That's my what paper. it is. Yeah. Um, you need and a, my, you and need my windscreen's little, gone. You need a little windscreen. Yeah. But um, it popped off. The, the magic system worked good, and the uh, well, oh, it's the all good. the um, uh, the, the sort of limiting factor of the um, uh, the what's it called the entropy mechanic, mm-hmm. where yeah. where all the ones that you roll cause cause you to build up entropy, and once entropy yeah. goes past twice your will. Bad shit happens. Mm-hmm. It after the second, he, he kept pushing because he needed to. It was mm-hmm. like I know I have to make this roll and I need a bunch of successes for for whatever reason. But um, it 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 was a reasonably effective deterrent. Mm-hmm. Once you had that Good. one backfire, you aren't going to have another one that day. You're not mm-hmm. going to allow. It's like no, I'm I'm pretty much done. I'm scared. Yeah. 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 So it, it worked out really well. Um, I've just started working on a horror. Like a cosmic horror setting. I'm really excited about that. For for it's it's called uh, World Without Gods. Like a which Call is a Lewis thing, kind of. Yeah. Um, nice. But it does. Ha- it's not. It's a misnomer because there are gods. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, but they're just bad ones. Yes, only the bad ones. Super yeah. super bad. And I'm it, into this. It's go- like what I'm, what I'm doing is I'm gonna I'm, I'm picking historic figures and having like. Uh, Discovered previously lost works discovered like Samuel Taylor Coleridge wrote a sequel to Kubla Khan, uh-huh. where he describes the oh, sort of it, where in Zena don't in Zena, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, but it's like he like travels into the caverns measureless to man, yeah. and uh-huh. finds the slumbering god at the bottom of a giant pit at this precipice, and so uh, that's the, the the fun part right now is kind of coming up with the mythos and then. Referencing the literature that supports the mythos, so that's kind of where I am right yeah. now. It's going to be a that's hot. Be, yeah, and then yeah. when when I get sort of close to the first draft, then I'll go back and I'll finish Bloodlight and Tusk because Bloodlight mm. Bloodlight Tusk is close. Yeah, the 
mechanics in general that you got there, that could top they're shelf. working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're working, really good. They're working good. They're yeah. working good. Um, it, it, it's real flexible, mm-hmm. and it, it yeah, I'm, I'm I'm happy with and, what it. And does. still not overly complicated. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Except oh. people have some problems grokking damage early on, usually, mm-hmm. but they mm-hmm. usually end up figuring it out after okay. a little while. I'm trying to. I, they, they had suggested I come up with a fear mechanic or a uh, sanity mechanic or whatever you want to call it that uses the like rolled ones when you, on dice pools, mm-hmm. which is what you the entropy mechanic that you use for for the magic system. Right. Problem is that punishes you when you have a larger dice pool. Yes. So I can't really use that. I also personally really dislike the insanity rules that most games use and a game that is kind of of that thing that instead makes you question your own reality mm-hmm. rather than telling you that you are afraid of wine bottles right. would be mm-hmm. really interesting. Right. Have you looked um, at Cthulhu Dark? Kremlinzy. I have not read it. Um, but it's, it's one of the reasons why um, uh, Legion, if you've seen that show, is so yeah. fucking creepy, right? Because you, d- yeah. you don't know what is actually happening. You don't know what's real from yeah. his perspective, right. and that's scary. Yeah, as right. opposed yeah. to you are really, really, really yeah. scared of spider webs. Not spiders; yeah. those are cool. The spider webs, where you fuck that. question reality and what yeah. is reality and what, mm-hmm. yeah, because that's what uh, being schizophrenic is. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, that, that's what I'm. Yeah, the, the only real insanities I'm including so far are oh, what do they call them? Mood disorders. No, uh, the detached. There's like three or four different kinds of it. Uh, one of one of which is uh, an, a, a form of amnesia, and then there's dissociative disorders. Oh yes, yes, okay. yes. Pretty much dissociative disorders are where where, I, where I'm pointing right now. Those are also freaky. Yes. Uh, Cloak like. seventy two wants to know: Are you uh, using actual mythologies, or are nope. you using your own for the game? Well, what I'm what I'm doing is I'm coming up with. I went through Roman, Greek, Chinese, Native American sort of pantheons, and I said, what scary gods do these have in common? That's all the same god. Ah. That's basically what I'm doing. So mm. they don't, I'm not naming any of them. They are known by many of these names depending on what culture they're from. Oh, that's but awesome. But they're not, but they don't, I'm not naming them. I'm not call, making mm-hmm. up a name like Glugop. Yeah, the dark <laughs> one. I like that so <laughs> yeah. much. The so, dark tennis player. So there's like, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> so there's like a generic god of plagues. Yeah, right. N- known as, and then there's a list of of names from various cultures that it's known as. Mm-hmm. But, nice. but they themselves, are, gods on these these kinds of gods, they wouldn't deal with names. Yeah. Right. So for plebeian gods. Right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Last email. Yeah. Did anyone else put anything this week they want to share? Like Did we can't share everything from the con. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there's there's the game that you and I played in the con. Yeah. That, that was fun because well, it's the f- yeah. it's the first D and D type game. But I talked about that mm-hmm. before. Yeah. I, but that uh, was the wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah. I, was I, it, I, we played it on Sunday. How how was that? It was fun. Yeah. I enjoyed it. My favorite thing. You got to everyone. Everyone who runs con games, you got to steal this. And he said you could. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you really meant it, though, but it's okay. Oh, no, but no, no, he did. He did. And, and it's an. It was, this was I thought it was a great prop. He had these little apothecary bottles. Love those. Mm. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, here's a potion of fire breath, and there's three little red d sixes in it. Mm-hmm. 
So you drink the potion, you pop it, you pour the dice out. That's yeah. how much damage you do. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was a really Prop. cool, it's, it's really, a, a really yeah. cool um, yeah. prop. Yeah. To handle that kind of thing, it was it is really a cute neat. Prop. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like that. A but lot. yeah, no, I haven't played anything since then. Uh-huh. I, play, I am playing something on Monday. That's exciting. Yeah. What could it be? I know. What could uh, it be? I know, right? It's Monster Hearts. And so much to watch it. Yeah. yeah. I played. Oh, oh, I played uh, a bunch of fun stuff, but I think the one that I would want to mention um, is I played RuneQuest. Oh. Uh, the new RuneQuest, yeah, but it, it's like a forty-year-old game. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. No, yeah. RuneQuest is, is. Yeah. Was it oh. the Inglorantha? Was it the monk? In flagrante. In flagrante. Was it the? Was it the? Was it mongoose that published it for a while? I do not know. I don't know. Rune, RuneQuest been around for. Yeah, long RuneQuest time. is no, like almost forty years old, I think. But I don't know who. It, mongoose got the right. Got the license for it, and produced yeah. RuneQuest two, and then they then they also, when they lost the license, they kept the game mechanics. Called it something else. I can't remember what they called it. Not HeroQuest. Was it HeroQuest? Oh, Hero Quest man. Is. No, I don't think I it was played HeroQuest Hero way back in the day. I don't think that's it was. also got Glorantha and. Oh, I have no idea. That was a board game. It's like if you took D and D and took out all of the role playing. Yeah, that's what it was. I. Because people mentioned HeroQuest multiple times when we were playing it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah I no. remember that from HeroQuest. Yeah, HeroQuest was was a, when I played it, it was a board game. Okay. So. Yeah, RuneQuest Two was Mongoose. And then when they lost the license, they took the RuneQuest name and they called it something else. I don't, I don't remember what they called Quest it. Quest Rune. Damn. Maybe. <laughs> I but I wonder, do you, was it, do, you, do you know <laughs> what like it was? It's the newest one. I think there was actually a Kickstarter. But so I was trying to figure out, but it is the newest one. But Hero man, Quest. it felt uh, there was some they, trad. They called it HeroQuest? Combat was super... It was a lot of fun, but it's really interesting to me to play ga- to play games that are old school, re- oh. like retro clones, or have those kind of feel because like charts and yeah, oh my God, I should run, I should run uh, like Rollmaster or something as oh. a one shot. I only oh, played master. that once. <laughs> this master. had like a. It's fine. It'll be a one shot. We can just hate on it. There were twelve. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of Hero, but it was not at all like Hero. Uh, it had like twelve fa- twelve phases in combat. And talking, put it on when you're done. Okay, twelve phases in combat, and you you of course have ruins to represent your character, and your actions go off on various depending on what you're doing. So contrary to hero, where like whatever your dex or your speed is your speed, is yeah. going to determine which phases where you're going. Yeah. yeah, this was more like I'm going to cast, and there's two different kinds of magic, and you know you have skills. But if I was going to cast Ruin Magic, that's, like, badass. That goes off on one, but then it takes, I don't know, four slots to prep it, um, to re-prep it, and then you have to go again. So it's like you can figure out how many times you go within 12 phases. Yeah. It's been a long time since I played anything that crunchy. Yeah, it was. Whoa. It was fascinating. (laughs) But beyond combat, though. Yeah, it does. Sounds great. Yeah, no, it was fun. Mm -hmm. And I think if I played it again with, even with combat like that, it's actually fun. Right. It it depends on what you're looking for and what you're looking for at that point. But the the lore um, for Glorantha and RuneQuest was freaking awesome. There's a lot of ardent fans of that oh setting. Oh my mm-hmm. god, yeah. I can imagine. Because it, it was it was fascinating. 
Yeah. yeah, and you get runes that represent your character and certain traits, and depending on how strong those traits are. Um, one of my favorite, favorite things about that system was, did they have augments when you played? Mm. It's something called augments. So you could use a passion that was your character's, or you could use a rune that you were you would want to use something that you're stronger in, or you could use a skill to augment positively, hopefully, um, something you were trying to do. So if, for example, my, my character was like a, a priestess of, uh, of a really important god, and I wanted to convince somebody to do something, but I was going to do it via, I don't know, singing a ballad mm-hmm. or a saga. And so I did that before I tried to do my diplomacy. It wasn't diplomacy. It was communication or something. So you can get pluses or bonuses to trying to do your final action by augmenting. Mm. Or And I love that whole forking in different stuff. And yeah. I've tried singing fun. at somebody before to convince them of something really? that never works. Really? And it didn't work? Yeah, no. You just Not gotta in real roll, life. You gotta roll dice. <laughs> <laughs> then you can do it. <laughs> like, let yeah. me sing you a song. And they're like, no! <laughs> really? But- <laughs> There's people like that? I mean, They're nuts. Like <laughs> but it was a blast. Convince me of something, sing me a song. <laughs> yes. This is how this works. Yeah. And I played the Mountain Witch for the second time, which was a blast. I won't go into detail, but uh, if you have oh, a chance like a, to play. Like a Yamabushi, but more Yeah, witchy. you're Ronin, uh, and you've been hired to go slay the Mountain Witch. Mm. Uh, it's We had to play in like a six-hour um, consult. Uh, and it's tough. It, it's Six hour time slot? Was yeah. Not long enough. Okay. Yeah. And it wasn't long. Yeah. Okay. It was a very good game, but it really is better if you could play like probably two or three sessions because you have these dark fates that, that need to come out mm. and you don't want to kind of. Yeah. Okay. More okay. slow burn. Cool. Yeah. I played a thing fun. on Wednesday. I played Genex, which like legit was like one of the best. Did you mute me? Was no, I no, no, no. No, it was because I was trying to put oh, my little. Puffy, um, thing. Just, on. Yeah, go ahead, Kimmy. Which is actually one of the like best nights of role playing I've had in a really long time. Oh, good. Like you just have, and I was, you know, you're always a little worried because we had like a three week hiatus. So you're like, okay, yeah. coming back from something, you're gonna, you know, we're all, it's gonna take a while to click and stuff like that. But for just whatever reason. Like, everyone clicked, and the stuff we'd kind of been thinking about for our characters all just kind of aligned. There was this amazing scene with Jim that was just amazing. Like, like That's seriously, awesome. one of the best role-play scenes I've ever had. It was just him and I in there, like, talking for probably way too long. I don't know, but it was so good. And it was just so poignant for both our characters. Um, there were... Just everyone was just like tossing in just amazing stuff like all night. I don't know what the magic was, but it was huh. just like a magic role playing night. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just that's awesome. It was one of those nights like I did not get to sleep till like one thirty in the morning because I was right. just like riding the high of yep. the game. Yep, and it was just like <laughs> God damn it, I have to be at the gym in like four <laughs> hours. God damn it. Yeah, but I just I want to watch it on YouTube one more time. It'll be fine. <laughs> it's just, and oh my it's, God. It was you know, so it's a good ridiculous. session when you have to when you you want to go watch it. And right, you're yeah. in it. Yeah, and you're and in it. it. Yeah. yeah, and you're just like, oh, well, because there were all these moments where, you know, you end up doing something, and you're like, oh, I wonder what their reaction was to that because you're so focused, like, mm-hmm. like, yep. like Jim and my whole conversation, we're so hyper focused on each other. I'm like, oh, what a Bria's reaction was to that, mm-hmm. and it was it was just fascinating going back and watching that, and it was mm-hmm. just it was super fun, and yeah. uh. And Jib had like the wisdom as a GM to kind of like step back, and because we were in this like 
like estate in 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 England to just be like they're just going to be in this house talking to each other for a while. And it's oh, like, wow. like every once in a while he'd throw in like a handsome NPC, which was fine. And, um, <laughs> How many abs did he have? Lots. <laughs> and he smelled slightly of chlorine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I was on swim team for over a decade. It's a thing with me. Um, <laughs> Oh, but it, it was just uh, like just to know, to know when to get out of the way and when to like insert things in the game and to like add things. Was, he, he just did a really masterful job of that. Anyway, so I it That's was cool. fucking fascinating, and I love that game anyway, and I enjoy those games. But that one just for whatever reason that particular session hit on all cylinders, and that was session number five. If you're looking to watch it eighty <laughs> times like I did. Cool, very yeah. very friend proud. Of yeah, you guys. Yeah, it was very. It was, it was a great game. It was very cool. So. I just downloaded Wrath and Glory. Nice. Cool. Nice. The book doesn't come out until December. The print. Yeah. Print. Right. Right. But you did a quick start, right? No, no. I just get the no. It's it's the. It looks like it's the full rules, but it's on. Uh, Drive through. Uh, Drive through. Yeah. yeah the PDF. Drive through has nice. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. I will. I will check that out because I haven't read the full rules. I was too busy <gasps> reading about the fucking uh, Eldar. Oh. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he hasn't read all the rules because he's too busy reading all the other rules for another thing. Oh, and I guess yeah. there's That's tons adorable. of revisions to Eighth Edition. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's terrible. That's super it. cute. God damn it! I hate, I hate, errata. I hate. I errata. do too. Yeah. I mean, especially with digital distribution. You yeah, just yeah. do a new one. Have it be a, a free download <laughs> yes. for people yeah. who bought it. Yeah, <laughs> drive through <laughs> supports that. I went in. I I, I made a, a. I haven't. I haven't put it on drive through yet, but I made a change. To there was a there was a discrepancy in the uh, examples in Moment of Truth because mm-hmm. because I had diff- I had different point values for mm-hmm. things, and so I went in and fixed it, and then just put it on the site and says here's the I, I fixed that yeah. thing. It's it's there now, mm-hmm. and so you can go ahead you and can download it. it. Yeah. Um, I, one thing I've learned in when I like make a hack of a game, basically, is that I have to make an entirely new book, or else everybody will forget that it's been hacked somehow. Right. Like for my travel game, we weren't actually in space; they were in like this weird ring of like uh, atmosphere around a gas giant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so it's kind of airshipy, kind of spaceshipy-esque, and all of like there were like these moons that were going around is where people were and. Um, and everybody just forgot that they weren't in space, or that, m- most times. And I had to remind them, oh yeah, we're not. You're not actually in space. It's cool. You can go outside without a suit. Right. Um, so like, just make a new. Just I have to make a new book, or else people right. will forget. Have and you? So, did you ever read the Integral Trees? Yes, I did. The the smoke ring. It uh-huh. kind of reminds me of yeah, that. That's exactly a what yeah. I was basing it on. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um. But uh, why you couldn't do that with an actual publishing company and just put out a new PDF is mind-boggling. And, unless it's you know, mm. huge changes where the Annoying layout's going to have to get messed up. Yeah, I, yeah, that's the that's the, was the biggest problem with the trying to trying to run the FFG L5R beta. Yeah. Oh yeah, because like, am I am I tr- should I trust what I'm reading or should I go to the smaller book? Yeah, that was super frustrating. Whatever. Fuck anyway, <laughs> last email from Isaac. I will read. In Tejas. From oh, Isaac no. in Texas. Tejas. Greetings, Jackers. Tejas. Isaac here with a promised tale of success and what is, in my opinion, my peak as a DM. Mm. 
No, you can do better. <laughs> you can always do better. You can always do better. So you're giving up. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I have Quitter. <laughs> no, I'm just um, I run a game for two of my dear friends. The husband and wife are excellent players and very open-minded. And best of all, not assholes or in or out of games. They trust me as a DM, GM, just as much as I trust them players. This is important. Because the tale I'm about to weave is not your typical story. Dun dun dun! Alright. I told the group that I had an idea for a one shot. We were in between games and trying to come up with something else to do. And I had this idea I'd been working on and wanted to workshop with them. Uh, The setting is 5th edition. I gave them pre-gen characters, a sorcerer and a barbarian. Woohoo! Go barbarians! Um, I'll play a sorcerer, you play a barbarian. Yeah! Yeah. (laughs) Alright. This is how friendship works. <laughs> All right, that's not in the email. Uh, the two woke up in a small town that they had traveled to to get away from the big city. The barbarian goes to a bar and orders breakfast. And the two find that the food is mediocre. Even when using magic to make it taste better, it's mediocre. Oh, my God, I want magic to make things taste better. Oh, my God. He's so amazing. Like, oh, man, I really don't want to eat this protein shake. Yes. Oh, it's so delicious. Protein shakes are amazing. What are you talking about? Never mind, I'll share my protein, it's fine. Um, this has made my players suspicious. The whole point of food in a tavern is that it tastes better than the garbage you end up eating on the road. After the meal, the two check out the town. Everyone is just pleasant, always smiling. Suddenly, the village is attacked, and the two fend off the bandits. The barbarian manages to rip off the bandana, covering the face, only to find the being is faceless. The moment he looks away at, to warn the sorcerer, all the bodies have vanished, leaving nice little piles of treasure behind. Oh, nice. All right. A, a They're OCD ha- bandits. Yes. A girl has no face. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, the two characters are then told that the bandit camp is in the mountains nearby, on the other side of the forest. They are given a quest and promised a reward. But rather than deal with that, they just want to leave this creepy town and get out before something else bad happens. They try to leave and end up in the forest. Any attempt to leave the forest is met with them just ending up at the entrance again. Frustrated, the two enter the forest, which is always screwy because when the sorcerer tries to fly up to get a better view, the trees go up forever, and they seem to never go very far except on the path that is before them. Eventually, they make it through the forest and to the mountain. More fights with faceless, nemes- uh, nameless enemies. More perfect, th- uh, more perfect pi- little piles of loot. The whole time the players haven't shown distre- distress at all of this. They know something is wrong, but they keep going. All throughout these travels, they will get random headaches when they try to think about their past or try to figure out why something is happening. And this, uh, and it's only through failure of roles that they begin to see a pattern of all the crazy. The uh, things feeling almost too obvious. Dun, dun, dun. In the mountain, they find an entrance to a crypt. And it was here that they decided to really screw with whatever happened uh, was happening to them. There was a room filled with coffins. Yes. We call that Max House. Um, <laughs> and a big, lo- and a big lo- door on the other side. Rather than enter the room and check the coffins, the sorcerer just cast Fireball and blew everything up. Oh, player character. Um, <laughs> <laughs> rather, yeah. Pyromania. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than try and open the door, they jammed it shut with spikes. Rather than stop. 
Rather than try to find the secret path, they took a hammer and t- a hammer to the wall of the dungeon. Yeah! The I've dungeon. always thought that was the... It's like, why do I have to find a secret what door? What is happening? I've got a pick. Yeah. This is a rock wall. I'm a dwarf. Yeah. <laughs> I was made... Three th- days later. All right, guys. I got through it. And like, we're out of rations. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. <laughs> god damn it, dwarf. <laughs> Rather than try to find the secret path, they just took a hammer to the wall of the dungeon. The barbarian swung and broke the wall and saw nothing but a shiny but shining static beyond. The two players grinned at each other and dove through the opening as skeletons and the lich they were supposed to fight was trying to open the jam door. They found themselves in a void like place with nothing around them. Suddenly the barkeep, the blacksmith, the librarian all appeared, all speaking at the same time, saying that they would be fed to their god, the great eater of all. One amazing fight later... Mr. Creosote. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, I'm full. <laughs> but it says, walk our theme. Walk our theme. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> One amazing fight later, the two sudden, uh, suddenly lose consciousness, only to wake up being pulled out of the tub, a tub of thick liquid. The players are stumped, as I am now asking them questions as the uh, as the character. Do you know who I am? Do you remember me? And then I let the bomb drop. I call the name of one of the old characters from that, the campaign from months before. They look at their faces when they realize what happened was amazing, and then literally jumping up and down and cheering. The moment I uh, was a moment I'll never forget. The two once uh, kidnapped characters are helped out of their bonds. NPCs from the previous game helping them escape the cult. Uh, base uh, the cult base they were in, and all ending with the group getting away on a pirate ship. Months ago, I had run an experimental game for my friends, and it turned into a much longer story. We uh, all had fun. We enjoyed the hijinks involved, but the story had got cut short due to a new player wanting to join and various other outside reasons. We always looked back on those characters fondly. I asked the group if they wanted to pick up the story again, and they enthusiastically agreed. I railroaded, but with purpose. The, tr- uh, the trust I had it have in my players are absolute. They knew I wouldn't do something like this without a reason. They wanted the story to be told. They followed the tracks. They broke the tracks. They derailed the train in the most glorious of ways. I could never could uh, never could have pulled this off from uh, if my group didn't trust one another to be fair, honest, and willing to trust the choices given. Agency of players is only robbed of them when there is no trust. This is my shining moment as a DM. One I do not think will be topped for a long time to come. Thanks for reading. Isaac in Texas. Drail88 on the forums. P.S. You lost the game. <laughs> that is a very cool email. I don't know. I don't know. Warhammer. Warhammer. <laughs> oh, I, I lost that a long time. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good email. I like that. Yes. I think it's a good uh, kind of an example of like what kind of what like circling back to what we were talking earlier when I was talking about like trusting Stu as a GM. Like there might be times where like shit seems weird in a game where if it was a GM I didn't trust, it'd be like, mm, I'm out. This isn't cool. Mm-hmm. But like because we've spent almost a decade it's like literally a decade now actually. <laughs> like gaming together. <laughs> God damn we're old. Yeah. You're older than I am, but that's I, okay. Yes, um, I am. <laughs> Like like that trust builds up, and it's like if things seem a little off or railroady or something, like there's that, there's a point to this. There's a reason that will probably be really badass and cool. Mm-hmm. So, I like it. Or sometimes there isn't. 
But I'm a conspiracy nut. Right. So I can make connections between disparate things that happen in the game mm-hmm. yeah. and come up with a reason why they happen. Before, yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> That's only because I'm a conspiracy nut. <laughs> <laughs> Your pattern one. recognition is broken. It is, yes. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 or I, I, is I, it? Or is it? I have a heavy right? pareidolia. Pareidolia? Is it called pareidolia? What's that? Uh-huh. That's the... Penangolin? No, pareidolia is uh. the, the what, what causes people to... Recognize patterns. Oh. Nerds, God, it, both of you. Well, mine was a floating head that had entrails and shit behind it. The, no, that's that's way cool. cooler. Oh. Yeah. The, 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 the biggest <laughs> example of it is that face on Mars. Oh, right, right, right. Uh-huh. People look at it and they see a face, even though if you look at it, it you can see well that not this is like this is a shadow here and yeah. Mm-hmm. But we see a face, right? Yeah. So what you're telling me is you've looked at clouds from both sides now. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Cool. <laughs> That's crazy. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. A, kind of a screwball. Oh no, you're not a screwball. Trust <laughs> me. The conspiracy I, theories that I've heard. Oh no, I, I know. It's just like tapping your scale of screwball is different. Uh, we had a conversation, yeah. and I I met someone that made me realize I'm not nearly the screwball. <laughs> really? I'm a hiker. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yes. All right. All right. Are we done? No. I think so. Uh, we did the thing? Maybe. Huh? So we did the thing. Okay. Thank you for joining us. Oh. Oh, wait. The thing. Yeah! Oh, yeah! Listeners are happy! Thank you for joining us for season uh, 22, episode 15 of Happy Tech Surgery Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. I'm Tepper! Yeah! <laughs> My name is Gina. Yeah. I, I said it. Thank you very much. We'll see you uh, next week on Friday, 7 p.m. Pacific time, right here at HappyJacks.org slash live. Right. Thank you very much. We'll leave the song. Yep. You suck. You suck. <laughs> <laughs>
the smoke It billows black from those tall satanic stacks While I work here in conditions inhumane But it's you who's cruel and mean With your gigantic plasma screen Your conspicuous consumption drives me here Behind your picket fence As your porch light burns intense You know nothing of our plight, our pain, our fear Keep your pity to yourself Bask in your megawatts of wealth Think nothing of the blood that feeds the wild See me right there on the news Enduring endless interviews While I wait here for the good air to expire Bum, 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 bum.